0: I'm Russ Bowman, and you're listening to Grandiose Bullshit on Castbox. Prepare to get aroused. Part two. That boy, Big Country. <laughs> but that was always the thing. Was like that's where, like, I mean, that's where, like, when I was younger, I was just being stupid. I wasn't thinking. I never thought about my consequences. Yeah. Like I didn't listen to Eminem or Dre. You know what I mean, but yeah. Yeah,
1: because that was the. Yeah. But so he calls you out all this shit and you're just like, I'm gonna write it out. Cool.
0: Call me. Yeah, dude. I mean at this point, I mean it's like it's kinda like yeah, it's the ultimate beloved story. Like I Hey. Yeah, I'm I'm good dude. Like right now. I was like, I don't know why I smell like fucking a cheap fucking whore. <laughs> like I don't know. But it is what it is, right?
1: So, does he just walk away
0: after that? No, yeah. So, he lets me make it. I go back to see him that next week. Of course, hits me with all the drug tests. I pass.
1: <laughs>
0: and then he's like, you know, you get He goes, I know you're bold-faced lying to me. He goes, I'm telling you, you smell like a fucking brewery <laughs> when you're in that fucking hallway with me. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Like, I was still, like, riding it. Dude. I, was like, I-, I was like, maybe it was somebody else, you know? <laughs>
1: Second-hand? Yeah, 2nd so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I was like, maybe it's somebody else in this room. Maybe you're just thinking it's me, but whatever. But yeah. Um, God damn. So after that one, I finished that program successfully.
1: 10 week program.
0: Yeah. Done. And then he sends me back to the other one because I still got to finish that one. And when I go back, the lady's like, she's so fed up with me. She's like, I just want to get you the fuck out of here. So, she let me, like, I was still, like, coming straight from work. So, that problem, she overlooked that shit. She moved me up through the ranks, and I got done with all that eventually. But that fucking, that originally, those outpatient programs are only meant for, like, if you did it right the first time, it's, like, six months. And it took me a year and a half. (laughs) So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's, like, that's how fucked up I was, like, not taking, I wasn't taking this that serious. I know that now. I knew it was then, like you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But see, that's the thing is, like, when I was younger, especially at this point, like, I thought it was the end, where I was like, I just had a really bad case of not giving a fuck, and it could, you, it could show. You could see it my way.
1: All right. So you finish the second program, and it takes you what is usually six months, a year and a half. Yes. To do these two programs. Yes. So the Third program. Or is there another program that you have
0: to do in this time? Well, if I wasn't fucking up, that was the only reason I was doing programs because I was fucking up. Like, if you don't fuck up, you don't have to do half this shit. Like, that was the thing. Like, if I would have, like, listened to everybody's advice and done exactly what they told me, I just would have been showing up to his place every couple of weeks, you know, doing the visit, pissing in the cup, going about my business. But because I fuck up and I didn't take it serious, I had to do all this extra shit. But it makes the seven years go by longer, for sure. Cause you're just like, cause then everybody's like, what are you doing now? Like you know what I mean? Like my mom's like, what's what, what happened now? I'm like, uh, hey, long story short. <laughs> long story short, they want me to do this other class. You know, I don't, I don't explain it.
1: All right, so you finished two classes in a year and a half. Do they make you do anything else in the interim?
0: No, not okay, with. So you're yeah. now you're just showing up. Now I'm just showing up.
1: Every two weeks, pay to. Yes. A kiss the cup. Yes. You're done. Yes. There's a bump in the story.
0: Oh, how would I get to the boot camp?
1: How'd you get to the boot camp?
0: So the boot camp happened. The boot camp situation started off because.
1: What year is it? Do you remember? When? God. This might be. Is this happened in '04, so now we're about you know. I feel like. Two thousand five. No, two thousand. You know, I think when the mix-up
0: happened with the boot camp, it might have been 06, 07. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 06, 07, I want to say somewhere around there, maybe. It's kind of foggy, but there's a fucking professionally, contractor wise, we hit a little fucking roadblock with work. And I become one of the millions of people in the construction industry. They get laid off. So once I'm done doing all these classes, the pressure now with probation is, they want their money. And I fall back. I'm getting the negative. About 500 bucks. But I kept telling them, I was like, I don't have a job. Like, the little bit of money I'm getting from unemployment, I'm trying, like, and here was the only reason they wouldn't wouldn't take me back to the judge. Because you have to pay 50 bucks a week, but what they don't tell you, though, is if you actually read your paperwork, you have to make an effort to pay 50 bucks every two weeks. So, what I was doing was, I was getting a little bit of my unemployment check, and I was fucking... Like I give him twenty dollars, okay. and when I give twenty bucks, he'd always bitch like, "Well, you're supposed to give us 50 I'm like, "All I got's twenty, like take it or leave it," and they'd always take it because they're fucking money grubbing motherfuckers. But uh, huh. so then my my you know my PO's is like, he doesn't know I'm on unemployment to my knowledge, and I was actually lying to him a lot. Like what I used to do is when I go visit him, I put on FRCs, and then I like rub some dirt on them, and then go walk in there. Because it make the visit go by faster. Because he, he thinks I'm on my lunch break. Like I, That's how I used to do it. Like, I'm on my lunch break right now. Like, can we make this quick and fast? And he's like, yeah. Plus, I always schedule my visit with him on a Friday. Because he'd only have to work half a day Friday. So he wanted to get done with me faster. So it just streamline the less amount of a chance I would get in trouble. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Because he do not want to talk to me too much. Blah, blah. Like, he just wants to get out of there. So he's like, man, they're tripping about the money. Like, I don't know you're trying to make an effort to pay, blah, blah, it's and that. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, look, there's a job, but it's out of county, and I need your permission to go. And he's like, they won't let you go because you're in the naked, which seemed like an oxymoron to me at the time because I'm like, I can't pay you mean? off. I'm in the naked. So I still owe them. Like, I'm, I'm falling behind on my payments. Like, I'm not up to date with my payments. So I owe them money for past months mm-hmm. so they won't issue me a, a out-of-county work permit until I got caught up. But I'm unemployed at the time. So I can't get that money until I could get that job because I couldn't find anything locally. That's why I kept telling them. I've been unemployed for almost a year. There's a guy that blows up my phone every day. Got a job for you. But it's not in Houston. So I'm like, fuck it. I made made a decision to go without their permission. And... Homeboy found out. So, I get back in town. He's like, I want to see you ASAP. I'm like, alright, I got you. Uh, I show up with all the money. And I'm like, I owe him. And I pay him. They take me before the judge. And the fucking... The DA at the time just had a fucking itch to fuck me over. She was like... So then that what makes it worse is... I'm thinking they're going to get pissed because I went without some saying, but this is a big deal. I didn't realize how big of a situation this was. But long story short, all the judge hears is everything I've been doing since I'm on probation, but not on a timeline. Just be like the breathalyzer, the class, the fuck up, the fuck up, the fuck up, blah, blah, blah. And so they're like, we're not going to put you back on probation. Like you're gonna probably go to fucking prison. I was like, ah fuck. So I tell so. Anyways, in that situation, I tell my dad. I was like, I gotta go to court another uh, a month from that. At that point, a month from that point, So I gotta go to court. But more than likely, they're gonna fucking send me to jail for X amount of days, possibly go to prison. And my dad at the time was like, doesn't really know all the bullshit I've been doing. So he's like, wait wait, wait you're trying to better yourself, but they want to send you to prison. I'm like, yeah. So he gets me a lawyer, and this lawyer, man, he's fucking a solid guy. Goes in there. He goes, your parents paid me to get you out of jail. That's what I'm about to do. And so he comes at me, and he goes, he comes at me, and he goes, do you want to fucking, uh?" Um, he goes, they won't put you back on. He goes, they want to send you to a boot camp, teach you a lesson, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, all right, fuck it. Now, the lawyer doesn't know a whole lot about this program. Why? Because it's experimental. hasn't been in the system a whole lot of a long time. About a year. Whatever. But it follows the same guidelines as another system that is currently still in use in TDC, which is called SAFE-P. SAFE-P is prison. It's still prison, but it's prison for people that think they have a drug problem. But Safe P is shitty because when you sign up for it, you get six months to a year of Safe P. Your time doesn't start till you get there. Whereas in any other situation, like if I'm sitting to go to prison, I'm in county jail waiting to go to prison, that time still counts. For Safe P, it doesn't. And you can't go until a bed clears. So there's people that are waiting to do a six-month program that have to wait in county jail for six months. They won't let you back on the streets just to wait for a bed to open. So that's dead time. If you're an inmate, dead time's bad. You don't want dead time. You know what I mean? So, but it's not say P, but it's kind of like that. I'm like, whatever, man, I'll do it. He goes, if you don't fuck up, you get out in six months. If you do, it could take a year. All right, I'll I'll do good. Do this whole six months. Go down to Nueces County. That's where the place is at. It's boot camp in Nueces County, right off the fucking South Padre fucking highway, whatever the fuck they want to call it over there. Uh dude, that place <sighs> I never thought I'd lose my shit till I was there. Because A, their program was just weird. Like it was trying to like teach you how to rethink your criminal behavior. Cause that's essentially what they always say is every bad decision you ever made is cause you have a criminal mentality. Which I kinda like I'm devil's advocate on. There were things I would read in there and I'm like, okay, that like there's there's a bit of truth to this statement. But they, they like, if they found a bit of truth a sudden, they added all the shit around it. You know what I mean? So I was like, there's a little bit of truth there, but I don't see all this other crap. Because I could see that, like, if I want to, like, yeah, I don't know. It was just, they were kind of right. But they were strict as fuck. They had a bunch of rules. I mean, it was like boot camp. If you ever did anything wrong, it was what they call a write-up. And there's always discipline. Well, I got written up all the fucking time, dude. Like, (laughs) like... I don't know, dude. And it and like and that was the thing was, they'd always say, "All right, so we're in. I'm in boot camp now. This program was essentially, really, actually was most of the day. You're in like three to four different classes, all run by. Um, they're not fucking. Uh, God damn it." They're not like, they're therapists. You know what I mean. Like, but I forgot like the term. They're not the full-blown ones, but they're like kind of like I don't know. I mean, they went to school. Don't get me wrong. They didn't do this shit online, mm-hmm. but whatever. And so there's all kinds of classes from working on your anger issues to uh, you know being in a better relationship. You know, with your fucking the way you think and all. You because know, all this, every class so centered about your thinking as a criminal. I did quotations there. Not as a person. No, as a criminal. Because that's essentially why you're in this program is because your own criminal behavior and whatever. And that was my problem was yes, was out here in these streets doing bad things. Yes, I was. But if they were right, then I'd still be doing that. That's what you know what I mean, that's where like I think it's flawed, like especially now looking back. Like Do I sometimes think when, you know, times are getting hard? Oh, man, how easy it'd be to flip an ounce? Yes, I think that. But do I act on those behaviors? No, I don't. And whatever. But so, yeah, and all this is based around that shit. And then, every week, you have your own counselor, and you have to do a solid hour with her. She, She was a nice lady. We got along really well, actually, but, like, I drove her crazy because she was actually the most high-ranking doctor there because I was one of the high-risk priority cases. Really? So she was, like, full-blown. Like, she had fucking doctorate, all that shit on the walls, everything.
1: And, again, just to put this into context.
0: There's some weird system where they said I was a high-risk.
1: Yeah, again, like, you're... Which,
0: that that was another thing to me. I was like, that's what always made me think. I was like, damn, I'm, like, really fucking up to where, like, these people think I'm a high-risk. I'm a high-risk to do another crime, a high risk to fuck up on probation, which at that time I was like, all right, I'll give you that one. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm high risk keeping it real. You're right about that. (laughs) But no, yeah, and so we had these talks, and, like, I mean, I had some, I mean, you know, we had some solid shit going on. But, (laughs) oh, man, dude, I dropped that whole fucking, and this is before even Leo said this shit because that movie wasn't out yet, but I said the thing about Sigmund Freud first. Not that I'm trying to take the thing, but I read that somewhere else as well. And she's like, actually, I don't know.
1: Wait, it's Sigmund Freud thing being
0: people who aren't aware. You can't psychoanalysis the Irish. <laughs> it's like the one race of people you cannot psychoanalyze. But then she was like, actually, you can. I'm like, whatever. I don't know. But um, no, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like we had solid talks, but she was always telling me, she's like, you. She's like, you just have. She's like, you're not a bad person, but you just have a like, you really, truly are one of these people that doesn't give a fuck personality. I was like, yeah, I kind of do, but I don't think that's a, and that's why I tell her. I was like, see, y'all think that's a bad thing. There's, there's a good silver lining here. Not giving a fuck. Like I don't give a fuck about bullshit people in my life. You know what I mean? That's why I don't fuck with them. You know what I mean? I don't give a fuck about every negative thing that happens in my life, like affecting me on day to day. Like I still roll with it. You know what I mean? That's why I try to tell her. I'm like there's balance in everything. So you're saying it's a bad thing. I'm trying to tell you there's times where my I don't give a fuck mentality helped me get through fucking rough parts of my life. So, it's weird for me to try to rethink everything or rewire the way my brain thinks. But whatever. That program, you can only be in there 12 months. I was there for 13.
1: (laughs) So that just shows you like,
0: they legally held me a month more than they're supposed to.
1: So, so, why were you there longer?
0: Well, so, alright, and so, what would happen is like every quarter, all those therapists would get in a fucking room, and it was a therapist, it was the day-to-day guards, they all got in a room. Kind of like I was doing a meeting. And they go over everybody's file. So, I mean, your therapist could be there and be like, hey, no. Every meeting he's there with, he's productive. He tells me things, and all the other therapists. Yeah, in classes, he's a good person. He does everything we're told in the classes. Then, guess what? Then the guards are like, he's a fucking asshole. Like, when y'all leave, because that's the thing, you always, the guards are there every day, and they rotate, but there's always the same four or five guys. Like one of them was a hoe ass dude named Mister <laughs> Mister <laughs> Bernard, some little punk ass young kid that had some fucking minority complex. Oh, in forty, wait, wait, what is he called? In- inferiority. I don't know. He had a complex. Yeah. yeah, inferiority complex. Inferiority. Inferiority.
1: inferiority.
0: Ah, yeah, what Luis <laughs> said.
1: Inferiority. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not getting yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, not, it's not happening. So, anyways, yeah. But he has that and
1: he's twice your age?
0: No, he's younger than me. Oh, he's younger than you? He's me. going to school to be one of these ho ass therapists. Like, he's <laughs> in school right now. So, this is like a volunteer fucking, like, it's like hands on training. And by the way, hands on training for these people in these situations is bad fucking business. All right, give me somebody who has some fucking years under their belt. Because, like, the old school people, like, there's one dude in there, he's a Navy retiree. Like, he just had, it was just a job for him. You know what I mean? And he didn't give a fuck, dude. He was cool. I mean, and if you broke the rules around him, he still did his job, but he wasn't a dick. Or this hoe ass dude would go around looking the fuck you over. Because here's what happens the week that leads up to them doing that whole judge thing, if you catch a fucking, uh, if you get written up, it looks bad on you and you can't advance in the program. That was the whole catch. That's how you get out in six months, you get advanced as fast as you can. So there's two times they held me back. Because they're like, you still have this criminal mindset. I'm like, what am I, fucking shaking motherfuckers down for fucking Twinkies in this bitch? <laughs> like, am I, uh, was I one of the fucking dudes you caught smuggling heroin? Because that's when I've like, met people that did hard drugs. Because it's in Nueces County. So a lot of the people there, like there was probably about 20 guys. They're all Hispanics. They're from the valley. Well, heroin down there is fucking a lot more like rampant. Yeah.
1: It is not like you at 18, like, yo, are you doing eating? No, I'm just smoking a lot of weed. Yeah,
0: no, this this guy's like, yeah, there's dudes over there. Like, one of my best friends there was a guy named Joel, really nice guy, really soft spoken. But he straight up told me, he's like, bro, I used to blow guys in the 18 wheeler bathroom for (laughs) fucking heroin. (laughs) He's like, I'm full, but he goes, he goes, and I was like, he goes, and I did it. I mean, he goes, personally, he goes, I know I'm bisexual, but he's like, it throws people, I mean, when you hear that for the first time, like, no, I used to blow dudes at a truck stop. For fucking heroin dog yeah i think we're like oh six yeah i think we're either on the verge of oh six yeah maybe yeah somewhere around there i think i got out right around oh seven so
1: society has not progressed this is around the time when yeah. bush tried to make a uh, supreme court uh stand i forget what it was the context basically like trying there was a constitutional amendment people try to say where marriage marriage between a man and a woman yes this is right yeah. around that time so yeah so you're in the heat of the moment yeah deep south of texas yeah for sure The wastes so county you, yeah, so you're like, this yeah. is just part of the course. But all these other guys are
0: like panhandlers, like professional panhandlers, like because they because their heroin shit led them to a life where they couldn't have a regular job, mm-hmm. so they're doing whatever they can to get their fix. Mm-hmm. Whatever, man. So but I met good people in there. In my room, I shared with like six, five other guys. There was two dudes from my part of town, but they were really from Missouri County. One was this old Mexican dude named Robert. I think he smoked crack.
1: <laughs>
0: well, because like you know, he would always be like, "He like here's the thing though, you get these like, so you get, so you get, you get these certain fools that are like, they talk about doing coke, but like they don't want you to know they're a crackhead, because there's still people like that. Like they're like, you know, it's it's, crackheads a bad term, right? So like, I didn't smoke crack. Like bro, you got caught smoking crack." <laughs> Like it's cool. I'm not. I'm not knocking on you, but yeah, you you were smoking crack, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Robert's one of those. The other one was my boy Calvin from Alvin. He was no, a crack. on. He was a it crackhead. Does, <laughs> yeah, no. I swear to God. You think I'm making it up? That's what he. Yeah. Homeboy was from Alvin. His name was Calvin. I don't
1: know what's more fucked up, the writing or the fact that you actually used his first name again.
0: <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> Uh, yeah, he was a crackhead. He wouldn't even fucking trip about you on that. And he was openly gay. So he was on the same page with Joel. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I sometimes do some shit. But here's the thing I'm not hating on Calvin or his life decisions. I will always say this, and Calvin knows it because I've said it to his face. I don't know how he got paid money for sexual favors because he was an ugly motherfucker. Dude. <laughs> Like we're talking about a guy that's five six, a, like kind of a fat dude, fat short stubby guy. He had he had the fucking pack of hot dog weenies. He had the rolls of fat on the back of his head, look like hot dog weenies and shit, like a six pack of Oscar Myers. But like and, and straight up though, Calvin was real though. He, here's what I like about crackheads: they are fucking easy to talk to because they don't get offended dude they've already done some they've already done so much fucked up shit in their life that they don't fade this bullshit cause I'm like Calvin the only way I see you getting money is cause old Calvin had the fucking biggest nastiest pair of DSL lips I've ever seen in my life homeboy was piecing dudes up and they were probably grabbing the back of that fucking head and he'd always be like that. I'd tell him some fucked up shit, and this I know that he was like me and him were on the same page. He's like, hmm, you ain't lying, Russ. Hmm, he'd always do that shit. You ain't lying, Russ. Hmm, like, goddamn, don't want your gay self. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this,
1: is... <laughs> this is the most amazing analysis of, of a person ever. <laughs> five minutes of bad shit. Suck your dick like nobody Yeah, is. fucking peace your fucking <laughs> mind, of, bro. <laughs> like I, 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 I'm just imagining this guy. Like, like you just stand right next to him. You you're like, oh shit, this is a person. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know for sure. Hell you're either. like ugly as shit. God, Short yeah. Short as shit. Yeah. Fat as shit.
0: Yeah. Big old pair of fucking dick sucking lips. On <laughs> Big nasty pair. Like, if you, were a, if you were a straight guy and you saw those on Girl, you'd be like, oh, yeah, dude, all day. So, anyways, and then I had a homeboy there, one of my best friends that we're still, we still actually talk because he's from the Corpus area. Old Dicks, old Sexy Dicks. That was his name. Uh, But, yeah, me and him just got along because we were pretty cool guys. But, anyways, so most of these people were from that county so on Saturdays they had family visit days my mom always wanted me to my mom always wanted to come but I was like oh, I don't want you driving down to Corpus just to see me for like 30 minutes fuck all that bullshit mm-hmm. which is probably hard on her me telling her that but yeah, it was all in her best fucking interest so anyways <coughs> uh, one Saturday and so here's what happened on Saturdays you had the opportunity to sleep till noon well, a lot of times I got in trouble. I couldn't because i would wake me up at 6 in the morning to do discipline shit. But one Saturday, I'm like, people do their visits. I just slept till noon. Anyways, I'm a heavy sleeper. I can sleep through some things. So I'm hanging out one day. And old Rob, here's the thing. I almost beat his bitch ass up one time. That's another time where I, I got held back because I threatened to beat up Rob, the crackhead Mexican guy. He came at me and he goes, Hey man, I'm going to tell you some shit, but I don't want you to get all fucked up. So, shout out to somebody that's ever going to go to jail. Don't become a crash test on me. Because this is how they come at you. They're like, I I don't want you to freak out, but I'm about to tell you some fucked up shit. They're telling you that fucked up shit because they want to see some shit happen. People get bored in jail. A fight is entertaining. You know what I mean? Just shit talking is entertaining. But, Rob tells me that uh calvin blew a guy one saturday in our room while i was sleeping in said room and calvin was my bunk mate. so i'm like what the fuck dude so anyways i hear this and calvin's taking a nap in the room at this time everybody else is outside so i'm like bet son fucking walk out of the fucking walk out of the day yard go straight back to the room i open the door homeboy sleeping sound asleep snoring like a motherfucker and i just fucking slam the door boom he wakes up like what the fuck and i just fucking bum rush him and i grab my shirt i was like listen here motherfucker you can suck any fucking dick you want if you fucking suck a dick in my room the room i sleep in with you i was like i'm gonna beat your fucking ass up i was like i don't give a shit that you're homosexual or nothing dude this is fucked up. Respect the space. You share it with five other guys. You don't see me in here just cranking off when you're all in here fucking doing your hair. Yeah. Whatever.
1: It is so it's not. A, let's try to add context. It's not a. Uh, it's not a sexual thing for you. No. It's more of like it's about, respect.
0: You're sharing a room with somebody.
1: Yeah, you don't know everyone else here.
0: Yeah. Like I mean I, I'm not I'm not and so I think if you hear that you might think oh you're not you don't like homeboys last lifestyle that's not the case, mm-hmm. but in jail. People's personal space is very important to them. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's all you have left in these situations, your own little spot. Because your own little spot's usually a fucking footlocker and a bed. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what I mean? And so I'm just like, would you on your fucking days off just want to have your fucking bunkie that's below you just hacking like having a trail of guys come in there and, get in your, and they're just he's blowing them? Like, that's where I was at. I was like, no, man, go do that in their fucking room. That was my thing. Go do it in homeboy's room. Then I found out who he blew. It was Terry. <laughs> Terry was a local guy who was a gangbanger. At least he thought he was. A blood. Uh, because over there in Corpus, they still have like bloods and crips on different, different neighborhoods, whatever. Terry always acts like he don't give a fuck. I've seen a million Terrys in my life and I would have beat the fucking brakes off Terry. So what happens is, and this happened months later, Terry's on the other side of the wing of the workers, So they have a little bit more freedom when you're a worker because you are fucking give them that money, that scam i was telling you about. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But so they let us smoke there. But they held on to your cigarettes. So three or four times a day you had a smoke break. And they'd give you your pack so you could change if you want. But then when you went back inside, you had to give them back to the guy. So it's like a Sunday night, Saturday night. It's the last smoke break of the night. And they make you line up on the line. Ho-ass Bernard, the officer... Y'all miss y'all smoke break if y'all don't fucking shut the fuck up and get in a single file line. So everybody gets quiet. Terry shows up. He just gets off work. And this motherfucker walks all the way past the line and tries to get up in the front. And everybody's acting like a fucking bitch, dude. And I'm like, so I step out. I'm like, say, dog, get in the fucking back. You know, someone's been up here waiting. Terry up here like... I don't give a fuck, dog, this and that. I'm like, I do. Get the fuck in the back of the line, bro. He's like, dog, you don't want anyone fucking me, dog. I'm so fucking gangster. Woo, woo, woo. Start throwing all that blood talk out. I was like, bro, you're not fucking gangster, dog. I was like, you're from Corpus. You're in here less than a year, but you can't even hold back, and you're letting some fucking homeboy from Alvin blow you in the room. Like, throw him under the bus, dog. And then, and my, my roommate, Sexy Dex, He knows the story because he knows he was there when I threatened that Calvin. He's like, "Oh shit," because he's from the same neighborhood. So Terry was one of these fucking closet guys, like he, you know what I mean? So I'm like, and that's my thing is like, look, man, if you if if you like other dudes, that's your own prerogative. I don't give a fuck. If you want to hide that shit, I don't give a fuck. But if you're gonna hide it and you still want to act hard, guess what? To me, the fact that you're hiding it, you're not hard. Some of the realest, hardest guys i met in there were fools that were openly gay in jail. They didn't get fucked. Like, I'm in jail, dog. I'm going to fuck dudes. That's what's up. Hopefully, it's not me. Against my will. You know what I mean? But that's what it was. Dude, as soon as I said that shit, dude, like, he fucking, like... If it sounds racist the way I say it, then we're going to cut it out. Okay. <laughs> but I... The black man blushed. You know what I mean? Like, he blushed when I said that shit. Like he was like, oh, shit. Because all these dudes are from his neighborhood. are like, what the fuck? He's like, he don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, and so then, but here's the thing. I was kind of a bully. And I told you about Calvin having that fucking hot dog in the back of his head. <laughs> I grabbed one, dude. And I squeezed it to where I had Calvin fucking in front of everybody. Yeah, I sucked his dick a couple times like bro you ain't I was like you want to act fucking gangster like you wheezy bro but you get pieced up by fucking Calvin and his fucking dick sucking lips I was like so don't come at me like you're hard I'll fucking put your bitch ass on the ground dude and I'm not saying it because you're like if you like dudes I'm not saying you're weak because I'm just like I now know the fact that you're trying to hide that shit then you ain't as fucking hard as you think you are because some of the coldest dudes I've seen in jail that knock people out put makeup on straight up look like chicks beat your fucking ass Guess you know why they fucking know how to fight? You know why homosexual guys in jail know how to fight? Mm -hmm. Because all their life they've been fucking pushed Mm -hmm. and bullied. And guess what? Eventually that shit's done with. They snap. They're like, you got me fucked up, hand. And they'll start throwing, they'll throw hands like Bruce Lee in this bitch. (laughs) So after that, Terry didn't like me.
1: Well, hold on. So how does Terry come down from that? Like, you just called him out in front of everyone, including people that he knows.
0: Bro, from that moment, he never saved face. Like he was almost like he was already a worker, so he, like when you're a worker, you're almost out of the door. Mm-hmm. He like he couldn't act like before then he was one of these dudes that ran his mouth constantly, it was the loudest motherfucker in the room. He went to being quiet every day. Cause then but here's the fucked up thing about closet dudes like this. Guys that hide in a closet on homosexuality. He now feels like he's lesser of a man because he's now thrown out there like that. Mm-hmm. Which in my opinion is bullshit. Really, you're probably more of a man when you stepped out of the closet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he don't see it that way. Maybe it's changed. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, again, but also
0: too though. Yeah, the context of it is like there's three guys that live in the same neighborhood you're from, and it's it's a it's a project in Corpus Christi that's all blood. So now are you is he scared? Like, oh shit! Now these guys know. So I'm gonna get home. Everybody in the hood's like, bro, you got six month sentence and you couldn't you couldn't hold off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? I don't know. So, yeah, dude, I had everybody laughing on that bitch. <laughs> um, but that's how I am. Like, I'm real. I, like in there, I never got in arguments with too many people because I'm always, I'm a I'm real laid back guy. But eventually, it's like, man, you got me fucked up, dude. Like, quit fronting, dude. Like, if you're gonna front like that, then you you deserve to get fucking put on blast. Mm-hmm. So if you're on Front Street, I'll fucking shoot your bitch ass.
1: <laughs> Which you did, clearly.
0: Yeah, surely, Terry, you got me fucked up, dog.
1: Yeah, and this is uh, a. At- A 12-month program that you took
0: 13 months in. Yeah. So, eventually I got moved to the worker thing. Mm -hmm. And the worker thing was, oh, it was fucked up. I found a contractor that I worked for in Houston. They were willing to give me a job. 16, like, because that one therapist, she's like, well, how much money did you make in the plants? Before I got locked up, I did one turnaround for nine months. Nine solid months. I was on a turnaround of seven 14s. I was making twenty-one fifty an hour. And so I wanna say before taxes, I almost made about sixty eight thousand dollars. I was in that weird range, sixty to sixty eight thousand, somewhere around there. She didn't believe me. I'm like, bitch, the math's <laughs> there. Like, you know what I mean? Like I could pull I could have a mom mail me W twos. So anyways, I find this shit and I find uh, you know, I'm not getting the same job. They found me a job in Corpus. Making like 17 bucks an hour being a helper in a plant. Mm-hmm. It was during a turnaround down there because the Corpus has got a bunch of big money to fucking boost up their uh, plant from the government with some contract. That kind of work was detrimental to my therapeutic process, is what they told me. That making that much money wouldn't help me out in the long run. But what's weird was there was other guys there who had longer lines of substance abuse. That were getting those jobs. I was like, how do you make the difference between me and these two other guys? But I don't have the same kind of chemical abuse or substance abuse as they do. Well, it's your criminal thinking and all this other bullshit. So I'm like, what the fuck? So then, uh, <laughs> I find this job paying like eight fifty an hour. And some bullshit-ass machine shop. But the do there was so solid, man. Uh, anyways, so that's when I found out, man. It was, it was a scam. Because at one point... In the worker's wing, you got almost 35 guys staying there. Everybody's paying these people $175 a week... For, quote-unquote, room and board. And room and board covered the van... That um, they drove you to work in and picked you up. So at first I'm like, don't be wrong, dog. I'm all about this shit. You're going to pay gas to get somewhere. I get that. But it's the number crunch I'm thinking. I'm like, all right, so you got 35 people in this hill. It's a stacked house. Everybody's getting 175 of you off a week. So I don't know the math off that. But that's some change. Yeah. But let's think about this. That gas is already covered by the state of Texas. Because you're a correctional facility. Mm-hmm. The food that you're charging me... Which was a bitch-ass bologna sandwich, three fucking bootleg-ass Oreo cookies, a juice box like I'm fucking in kindergarten, and a goddamn apple.
1: Do you get a refill of the
0: juice? No. No, <laughs> because yeah, like, they just make a brown bag for you, and you go to work. And so, yeah. And so I'm like, but then that's also covered by the state, because we're in a correction facility. So this little program is just milking 35 motherfuckers, dude.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> And so I'm like you, and so they're like, "Well, you're not respecting the process." I'm like, "You want to hear criminal thinking? You're scamming me. Like I know you're fucking me over. Put some lipstick on for you. Fuck me. <laughs> like that's real talk." So then I'm sitting there thinking, like, "Man, if anything, if I'm giving you a seventy-five a week for three months, then yeah, I should be getting out of here in that twelve-month period." But it held me another month over that shit. My process, my, my, my therapeutic process wasn't done yet fucking suck a dick, bitch.
1: God, that is a hell of a... Because by
0: that time, I'm just so salty on this program. I'm like, I go in those classes. What else you want to share? Yeah, this place is fucking bullshit. All you newbies realize this shit. You're about to get fucked over, dog. Like, I, 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 I would have took prison time. Nah. Looking back, nah. Like, no, no, you can't be in here with that shit. Then fuck out of here. Whatever, man. So then what I was doing, though, and this is... This is how... The universe is so mysterious. You want to know who my boss was in a machine shop? He was one of the biggest cocaine dealers in Corpus Christi. I won't say his name. Because I think he's still out there running and gunning. But uh, he had this tight ass fucking laid back job for this company. he had been working for the same company for 30 years. The old man of the company had a Houston branch and a Corpus Christi branch. And this dude could do whatever the fuck he wanted. So, what, here's how we became good friends. He yelled at me one time. Oh, yeah. So, I met this dude. And the first time I met him, they were like, watch out for this cat. Because at any moment, he could flip his shit. And he was known for throwing wrenches at people.
1: Wait, actual wrenches? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not like a metaphorical well,
0: wrench. Yeah, yeah. And not physically at you, but like in your vicinity. You know what I mean? So, anyways... But, I got put on this uh, machine, it's a CNC lathe, and I was making couplings for pipe, for pipe extenders in the oil field. Uh, Pipe connectors, I'm sorry. Uh, So every once in a while this machine would fuck up because the homeboy's like, look, essentially it's set up to run. All I need you to do is keep an eye on the fluid levels and then make sure none of the slack, like all the excess stuff that's getting milled out, gets like caught up around the bit. Every once in a while, something fuck up, so I go get him. I have to like walk half a mile to find this motherfucker. Whatever. So, me and him at first were like kind of weird. But every Saturday, he show up late and hung over. <laughs> he was out partying at night for her, hard.
1: Nice, because it's Friday night.
0: Yeah, and he's a regular really guy. So, with the shitty lunches, what I started doing was because I bitched enough to where they actually started giving us two lunches per person because I bitched enough for everybody. So, I would take two lunches and I'd eat one and I'd throw one in the, the in the fridge at work. So I had to stockpile. All right? So one day, sitting in the break room, did not even really have that much of an appetite. I probably got about eight of them hoes in the fridge right now. This dude don't bring no lunch. He's like, ask everybody in the group. He's like, whose food is this? And they're like, I was like, it's mine. He's like, can I have one of these? I'm like, no, dude. And he's like, hey, I'm going to eat one. I was like, I'm going to lose my fucking job if you eat my lunch. Because I'm going to beat your ass. So then homeboy realizes that I'm not playing. And so he says, how about this? He He goes, let me eat this hoe right now. He goes, and I'll buy you lunch. So at this time, I've been institutionalized. Actually, even though I'd only been there 13 months, the time I sat in county jail going up there was almost like 90 days. So I'd been in Sleuth for a while. I hadn't had free world food in a while. So I was like, bit. So every day I gave this cat my lunch and he bought me lunch, which at the time wasn't much anything. Usually what he would do is he'd take me to Valero because like, down there in the Valero, you get like two chicken, two drumsticks for a dollar. Big fat-ass hormone fucking juiced up (laughs) drumsticks, dude. But, I mean, I was like, oh, they're so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, But then me and him got really cool to where, like, he would take me (laughs) fucking. Like, on our lunch break, that fool would like. And I wasn't even supposed to leave the fucking job site. That was another thing with the rules. Like, like, theoretically, they could come check up on you. But luckily, they never did. (laughs) Because, like, one time that fool took me with him. to like, we're going to go get lunch. And lunch turned into an hour and a half thing because we went to his barber. And then fool's like, he's like, dude, you need a haircut, Russ, because I'm rough. Mm-hmm. But, like, all the money I made but that they weren't scamming off me, I would just let it stack up. So when I got out, I had a little bit of cushion to figure out what I was going to do, right? So I didn't spend my money hardly ever. He's like, I'll pay for your haircut, man. Like, hook homeboy up, whatever he wants. Boom. So me, like, me and this dude came really close friends. So then it gets to the point where I'm like, I made such a good impression on him. Actually, he was like, look, when you go back home, if you want to work for the other, like our other branch was in Houston. He goes, I'll put a good word for you. I'll tell you right now, the old man will hire you if I put my name on it. But he's like, I'm going to let you know. He's like, and this dude was Hispanic. But he's like, those Mexicans in Houston, he goes, they do not like white people.
1: <laughs> he's like, we're pretty
0: cool over here. I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, and not blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyways, yeah, so my last day working with them before I left, uh, he, he, uh, he opened up himself a little bit more than I would ever expect, because if you ever been to Corpus Christi, there is a place, a strip club there called the Cheetah Club. And this is where home,
1: first of all, that sounds like a, a very dirty place.
0: Yeah, no, it's like one of the, like I've actually asked people in the free world who would be there and my homeboy's like, That's a shady ass strip club. <laughs> because homeboy put me on his magic. He's like, No, dude, he goes, I still work a nine to five. That's why I don't get in trouble with the law. He goes, Plus all he goes, I just sell my cocaine to these strippers and then the strippers sell to the fucking dudes. Because it was the closest strip club to like the plants. So these dudes would always go, yeah, whatever. Long story short. So he takes me to the cheetah club one day for lunch
1: what's like,
0: yeah so I'm in day shift, but it's his three top girls were working like that day shift, and like they were doing a double <laughs> hard working women, <laughs> but they're like his three movers, like the ones that move the most code for them, and like I'm kind of stressing because I'm like, dude, I'm like, dude, I can't even be inside this place right now, like by that time I'm like, just my luck, I'm gonna <laughs> get caught." Off the job site, That's how bad at it a strip is for you. club. Yeah, no. Like
1: everything leading up to this, and even you, in yeah. your mindset. Is I'm like, like this is... I, I should not be here. Yes, yeah.
0: as I'm eating a steak, watching a bitch fucking pop her ass right in front of me. <laughs> like, I shouldn't be doing this. So he tells me his whole like scheme of selling cocaine, and then you know, oh man, he had the best analogy when it came to women. He's like, I don't like calling these girls, like, whores. Or even, like, telling if my homeboy's like, uh, you think this chick like, is busted or have, like, a loose pussy, like, had sex with a lot of dudes. He goes, I don't like saying all that. He goes, that, that's disrespectful. He's like, but I do, do. He goes, I put the analogy of their vagina being a car, and we're looking at the miles on the odometer. <laughs> <laughs> Which, looking back at it now, is almost as degrading, because because we're in the strip club no, for the first grady. time. We're in the strip club. He's like, "Oh, that bitch right there. She's got about three hundred fifty thousand miles on her." <laughs> That's
1: so offensive. Yeah. Why am I laughing? <laughs> I <don't know. laughs>
0: no, it's fuck, dude. Three hundred
1: fifty thousand miles. Oh God. God.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and like one of his I like. You have
1: to sit there and take it because yeah. you're there as his guest. Yeah. So there's no. And, like, and the
0: ladies are being very nice.
1: Well, yeah, because... they,
0: they know my familiar. situation. Like, actually, one of those girls, like, one of my baby daddies is in there right now. And I was like, oh, shit, I know him.
1: <laughs>
0: Shout out to Derek. <laughs> oh, Derek. <laughs> dropping
1: these people.
0: Yeah, but there's no last name, though. You know what <laughs> I mean? I mean, unless one day he's like, damn. <laughs> yeah,
1: you call me he calls- he called
0: me out. You called me out through like that, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I only get a fucking harsh email from fucking Terry. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Or Calvin. Oh, Calvin. I, know, I actually
0: saw him years later in the free world. What? And I almost like stopped what I was doing cuz I was gonna be like,
1: "Calvin!"
0: They <laughs> said his name you by the hot dog. Oh here. my god. <laughs> yeah, should have. <laughs> mhm.
1: Mhm. Bruce. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, uh, so anyways, yeah.
1: I'm so sorry.
0: But no, like so I finished work and then after my last day of work, I had like a week of uh, a week of being there. I don't have to do they're, any they're at the at the, right? at the, yeah, at the uh, boot camp. Okay. So I don't have to take any classes and like that. So pretty much I'm just like sleeping every day, waiting for my fucking time, blah, blah, blah. But this place, to make it, to sell it to the public, every time they had a graduating class, they did a fucking big whole shit and saboodle. Like, you know, they did a whole show. Mm-hmm. Families come in, the dudes that are graduating, get the little... Three minutes of talking about their uh, success story, quote-unquote, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. The day that that's supposed to happen, my last day there, they told me this. I couldn't be in the fucking ceremony because all the therapists and the staff thought that I would spend my five minutes... (laughs) bashing the program in front of everybody <laughs> and when my therapist said this it probably didn't even help out i was like wow i was like for once y'all actually like thought of something useful like because i will like straight up i would have been like this program's a bunch of bullshit They're out here scamming everybody <laughs> blah 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 and so but the, and here was the thing too is like am I, that was the thing was i'm sitting uh the things going on and I'm literally sitting on a bench outside the room. The room has nothing but, like, windows. So everybody in the program knows that I should be there, too, but I'm just sitting outside. And my mom drove straight from Houston to, Duke, to come here, to pick me up. So when she gets there, she's like, am I late? I'm like, No. She's like, what's going on? Like, why aren't you in that room? And I'm like, they won't let me in there. She's like, you serious? I'm like, yeah. And I, like, I told her the whole story about, them, you know, me talking shit. She's like, that's so fucked up. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, silver lining and everything. And I signed that paperwork. They fucked up. and said, you're no longer on probation in Nueces County. So now you go back and report to your other officer when they told me that when I signed that paperwork that meant that at that point I could say whatever the fuck I wanted and not be held responsible for once in the last 13 months I've been there (laughs) so my mom grabs my small bag I have of my own personal items she goes let's get in the car she goes I'm going to buy you I want to go out to eat and she goes uh, goes, I don't feel like driving back to Houston so I just got a, a room for us to stay in for the night I was like all right, cool the guy sitting at the desk was the old Navy dude. I shake his hand. He's like, "You're in here a lot longer than you should have been," but I, he was. I think you're all right, man. I was like, "Cool." I'm walking, and you can see all the guys that know me like they're looking while this one dude's talking, and I just straight up fucking, boom, boom, boom on the windows. <laughs> fuck this place! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> With
1: your mom there? Yeah.
0: I get outside, she's like, what'd you do? I was like, just get in the car. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? I was like, get in the car, just go.
1: I may have incited a riot. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> we need to leave right now.
0: Yeah. So, um, and that's the funniest thing too is, um, where did she take me? Oh man, I think my first meal in the free roll was Outback Steakhouse. Shared a, yeah, shared a blue mug with my mom. Had a fucking steak with some shrimp. Go back to the Holiday Inn and fucking <laughs> on Padre Island. Uh and the funniest thing was I was like Uh My mom's like, we're sharing a room wherever. So like I'm just kinda like watching TV where my mom passes out and then like I'm like every once in a while I'm like leaving the room and like having to go outside to smoke a cigarette, right? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> already in my mind I'm like I'm about to be out here in the streets playing like, rub my hands like, you know what I mean like damn i free dog like 13 months I'm like damn boy free bro uh, <laughs> so uh, I had my mom's phone and this is the context of that time was I still think in 06 07 it was probably like about to be 07 I think my mom still had like the original Nokia phone
1: Brick or yeah, the, the Yeah, the brick. Okay. Well I never had a reason The snake.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I I call a couple of numbers off the top of my head, like I remember just the holler some people. So you took your mom's so. though. Well no, she knew it though, because I was like I I was talking to some of my cousins while we were in the room, like I was uh, chopping up them, okay. like catching up with people. But then when she went to bed, I was outside and I was like, man, I was like, who's the one cat that would make me laugh right now? So I called my homeboy Ray. <laughs> a little do I know, and I swear to God it's the funniest shit ever. Ray is currently working a job in Corpus Christi. Oh. Yeah. And so he's like, Smokehouse, that you? And I was like, yeah.
1: <laughs> he says you
0: your name. That's, I, yeah, He always called me by my nickname. He never really called me nothing. From your else. Yeah, just... yeah. Smokehouse, that you? And i was like, yeah. He's like, oh shit, dude, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. He goes, he goes, well, look, man, when I get back in town. Um, we'll hang out, this night. that. And I was like, oh, no worries. I was like, I'm actually still, I was like, I haven't made it back to town. I was like, we're going to spend the night here in Corpus and we're driving up. You're in Corpus right now. I was like, yeah. He goes, bro, let's hang out. It's all on me. I'm like, and that was one of those moments. I'm like, because I was on about telling tell him, yeah. But then I thought, because here's the thing. I'm a baby's, I'm like I told you earlier. I'm a mama's boy. I can get away from murder. But some of the best for decisions i've made is because i've thought about my mom process because oh. my first thought was how pissed would she be <laughs> if she just woke up randomly in the middle of the night and i'm nowhere to be found <laughs> right
1: in a city that you should know in theory nobody yeah. what what could he have done
0: yeah like at best i was like i should take her phone with me <laughs> that way if she freaks out she can at least call her phone i'm like i'm good Raising dropped me off in the morning <laughs> We just went back up to the Outback, you know what I mean? Nothing. We're sharing a Bloomin' <laughs> Onion, huh? Nah. So I, I told him, I was like, nah, man. I was like, let me know when you get back to town. I did the right thing. And then right that, knows what you would have done. Oh, yeah, because no, when I hung up the phone, like, I instantly, like, was like, this is the last cigarette I'm smoking for the night. I went straight to that room, and I made myself go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then, so then the next morning, me and her drove back up home, back up to Houston. Did
1: she know that this call ever happened?
0: Ah, like, years later, I told her. and She was like, yeah, I probably would have been pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then, um, <laughs> god damn. So, yeah, and I got back on probation. And because I was in there that long, like, like, my PO was, like, gravy with me. Like, I didn't have no problems the rest of the time I was doing anything. Um, so, then I'm like, I go through 07, 08, 09, Cadillac. But the mix up didn't happen was at that point my PO got a raise. So I got another officer. And I got somebody that he actually was sponsoring in the program. Oh I gotta take this. So this new lady, and that's my thing. If you want to help out people that are on probation, because maybe you're on probation, or maybe you want to help out people that are in recovery, because you're in recovery. I'm going to tell you something right now. You shouldn't be helping out nobody in recovery if you're a probation officer. Because you're not going to help anybody out. Because this lady right here, dude, was just a fucking cunt, dude. Like, I was so used to the way Link dealt with me that I, I, I thought that was the same pace. Like, go in there, tell her what I've been doing since the last time she's seen me. You want me to piss in a cup, I'll piss in a cup, but then let's bounce. And there was times that she would just look at me. And then, like, not say anything. And I get kind of worried. I'm like, this, I was like, is something wrong? She'd be like, I'm just wondering when you're going to stop digging your own fucking grave. And I was like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I just feel like you're just giving me a bunch of bullshit. Wow. I want to hear the real truth. She'd always say shit like that. I want to hear the real truth. I'm like, what do you... Like, the truth is that I haven't done a bitch-ass thing since you see seen me 29 days ago, like that's the real truth. And uh, so finally, man, I broke that shit up because I went in there one day, gave her my paperwork, and I didn't say shit. I was just quiet. And so she'd look at, she like started looking at me kind of weird. She'd like ask me a question. I'd answer the questions she asked. She like you usually seem pretty talkative. I was like. Yeah, I know, but I just realized that every time I come in here, I open my mouth. You apparently think I'm just, like, trying to fuck you over. So, I don't even understand what the fucking point of talking is. Everything you need to know is on that fucking piece of paper. Fill it out. You want me to take a piss? Then give me the cup. But I don't need to sit here and talk to you anymore. You clearly made that known. Well, that pissed her off. But that was great because right next door was her supervisor, her sponsor, my OPO. So, he comes over. He's like, Boundary, what are you giving her a hard time for? And I'm like, I'm not. But... With you, I gotta tell you everything because that's what he was telling me. He's like, I don't need shit on this information. Like, because what he was doing was, I'm talking to him, he's just typing everything I'm saying because that's what he wanted to know. He's like, What have you done since the last time I seen you? That's what the talking was about. So I'm like, So in that month, I'm like, nah, still doing my, you know, if I'm uh, either I'm still doing community service or I'm going to the fucking because even on probation, they still want you to do so many AA meetings every month, like, just go to one. You don't even care if you listen. That's what he told me. don't even care if you fucking listen. Because the one I went to in and and, and, uh, my side of town, he's like, that's a rough-ass spot. I'm like, yeah, the wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. It's a rough-ass spot. <laughs> and I was like, but every time I talk to this lady, she just thinks I'm sitting here bullshitting her. So what the fuck's the point in talking? And she got all mad, and he's just like, nah. He's like, he's got a point. I'm like, yeah, bitch, whatever. <laughs> so then I'm getting towards the end of my time to where they're trying to be relaxed with me. Actually, at one point, Wasn't even going in person anymore. I was calling in. So I was like, "Oh, this is gravy. About to get off. Even all the fuck ups, all the shit. I still have my deferred. So if I got off at the end, eventually the felony could be like taken off my record. That was the whole. That now was. How
1: uh, far are you into probation? Dude, at
0: this point, we're like riding into like the last year. Okay. I get laid off. Around 09, 10 or whatever. Are
1: you laid off for personal or money reasons? Like-
0: just, I mean, it was just the plans how it went. Like, yeah. all the work fucking stopped around the fucking porch for a while. Everything got real quiet. Mm-hmm. And, and so then that starts it up. That's what gets her riled up. See, we still have some money. And I'm like, okay, I get that. See, we can't let you off until you're paying us all the money. I was like, I understand that. But to me, it's like, I told her, I was like, you constantly reminding me ain't fucking solving the problem. Like, I know. So, in six years and nine months, if I don't have all the money, then I guess I'll be on here a little bit longer, right? Yeah. Okay. That's all I need to hear from you. I don't need to hear your fucking extra shit, lady. Like, you literally got this hoe by doing the Phoenix online course. Like, that's how you're a PO. Alright, so don't talk to me like you're some kind of fucking intellectual just because you have a fucking, you you like smoking meth. And now you're a PO because you can't find any other job. Like, I don't need to hear all that bullshit. Same thing happens, though i get a chance to go work out work actually work out of state mm-hmm. same thing she won't let it fly she's like no till you pay the money so i'm like fuck it I do <laughs> same thing I go work in the state but on the way back i catch a fucking uh i catch a, a speeding ticket right on the other side of the texas louisiana border so i'm in texas so I tell her about the ticket. She freaks out. She said, you're not supposed to be out of the county. I was like, ah, you're wrong. I was like, because by this time, I've been on permission so long, like I'm falling back to the stipulations. Like, I read every one thoroughly. I'm like, no, no, it says right here. Because it says right here. You need permission to leave the county that you're residing in as long as, it's, as long as it's longer than 72 hours. So in theory, I could go on a two-day vacation mm-hmm. to fucking West Texas, and I don't have to have permission. If I'm passing two hour period, then I need permission. So I bold faced lie to her. No, I was like, I got that ticket because uh, I was coming back from the little town that was over there. I was like, one of my homeboys lives out there. I wanted to go visit his grandma. Stayed a night, drove back, got a ticket. Okay. She dives in. Law dog's like, no, I caught a homeboy coming across the state line doing about 75. <laughs> So then, boom, they take me back to court. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they take me back, actually, that's right, they said, <coughs> you need to turn yourself in. I was like, I like, called, actually, Lank talked to me on the phone. He's like, look, man, here's what's going to happen. He goes, and when I came back, I had all the money, paid it all up, we're all good, this and that. He's like, they're going to probably fucking trip on you a little bit because of this shit. I was like, I figured He's like, but, he goes, I think you're going to be able to get off. He goes, worst case scenario, he's like, they might add on six more months of probation. At that time, I'm not sweating it. I've already done seven years, so I'm like, dude, I'll do six months standing up uh, standing up yeah. on my head. But the plan is for the line, bro, for me to get fucked. Because when I go turn myself in, I wait like two weeks get taken to jail, or get taken to court from the jail.
1: So you're in county for two weeks?
0: Yeah, waiting to go to court. But when I go to fucking court, dude, they just had a fucking election. A totally new district attorney. <laughs> oh, God damn. And she's in there like, she just, I mean, she has to set an ex- I totally get where she was at. She had to set an example. This bitch did not know who the fuck I was. And she reads all this shit. And so the judge is like, because here's what happens. You know, the judge is like, it's really the judge's call. But usually what they do is they get the fucking feedback from the, the DA. They get the feedback from the PO. The judge makes this
1: call. So the, the, the DA at the time is someone who i have never met before. Never met. Yes. And the PO is not your old person that you've
0: been working no, it with. No, well, like, so my current PO at that time, mm-hmm. she wasn't the one at court. Lank came to help me out. Like, he's like, I'm going to be in court with you that day. Like, I'm going to show up for you. You just heard part two, isn't that shit epic? Aren't you glad you listened to me in my first break when I was like, "You need to listen to the bass." And we're not done. We're not even done yet. There's actually other episodes we have to try to fit into this because, like I said in the first part, you can't fit you can't fit a decade in an hour. It's not possible. Maybe if you were God or Deadpool.